remain standing for the reading of the Word of God. Would you take your Bibles, please, and turn to the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, Genesis in chapter number 28. We'd like to read 13 verses of Scripture responsibly this morning. Allow me to begin reading in verse number 10, and I will read the succeeding even-numbered verses through verse 22. Would you begin reading with me, please, in unison, verse 11, and the succeeding odd-numbered verses through verse 21. Once again, that is Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 through 22, and reading responsively. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all the night, because the sun was set, and he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set, on, set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land wherein thou dwellest is, is given to thee, did I seed, excuse me. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north. And to the south, and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken of to thee. Um, and Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid, and said, how dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city was called Luzed the first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone, which I have set for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let's make our prayer. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit of God, Speak to hearts, young and old, dear God, those that are veteran Christians and those that are hearing this passage of Scripture for the first time. Speak to our hearts, Lord. May our hearts be knit back, and may we go back to Bethel, we pray. We'll thank you for it, Lord. Bless in every face of the remainder of this service, we pray in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Teresa, for those two songs. That was great. And Brother Scott, thank you for the report. Brother Dave, thank you for singing or for playing the piano as well. Thank you for participating and singing congregationally as well. Your Bible's open to Genesis 28. Verse 19 is our text first, but I want you to glance at verse number 18 to begin with. And Jacob, Jacob, the son of Isaac, the grandson of Abraham, the younger twin brother of Esau, heel grabber, Stole his brother's birthright and blessing. Had four wives. Somebody said four mothers-in-laws, but three mothers-in-laws maybe. And uh, had a daughter, 12 sons. 
He wrestled with God all night, walked with a permanent limp. His name was changed to Israel in really mockery, a prince with God. He lived 147 years. His children were murderers, rapists, defiled in many ways. And he becomes the, in him that's in Jacob, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. He's the father of Israel, and we're, we're benefited today because of Jacob. Verse number 19, our text verse, and he called, he called the name of that place Bethel, the house of God. But the name of that city was called Luz, means separation or departure at the first. I want you to parallel, if you could, this morning here. We want to talk about Bethel this morning. It's a key place. The first time we find the word Bethel, is, the name Bethel is here in this text. We find it 60 more times in the Old Testament. It's the replacement for Luz, the place of departure, place of separation. We separated ourselves this morning. We came out to the, separated ourselves from the world, and we came out to the called-out assembly, to the house of God. And we came to Bethel, the house of God. And Jacob didn't know he needed Bethel in his life, but Jacob needed Bethel in his life. And I want to make a New Testament analogy, a comparison, taking the Old Testament as our, our, our foundation. In the Old Testament, God met with Jacob at Bethel. In the New Testament, God meets with his children, among other places, at first place, at the house of God. And with that said, you need the house of God in your life. Every child of God this morning needs the house of God. I want to give you 10 reasons, and this is a message for the record. For I'll make my apology right out of the gate. I preached it seven years ago for you old timers. preached it 15 years ago, and so this is the third time we preach this message here, per se. We've added to it, subtracted to it. It'll come out differently, and you didn't remember what took place last week, let alone seven years ago anyhow, so it's all good. But I wanted you to notice as we jump right into our text this morning, Genesis 28 Jacob's a young man. He's not married at this point in time, obviously, and he's, he's just leaving his house, leaving his father and his mother, as we're going to find out. And we read verse number 11, in fact, read verse 10 to get us started here. And Jacob went out from Beersheba, about 40 miles south, of, south and west of what we know of today as modern-day Jerusalem, and he went toward Haran, what we know of today as modern-day uh, Iraq, of course, or rather, excuse me, uh, uh, I just drew a mental blank here. Saudi Arabia, not Saudi Arabia. It's, uh, uh, yes, Iraq here in the Mesopotamia River Valley. I was right the first time, I guess. And uh, he's, he's heading to Haran, Pain and Aram, actually. And uh, he, he heads to a place called Luz, as we're going to find out, which is Luz or Bethel. is about 10 miles north and a little bit west of Jerusalem. So about a 50-mile journey from Beersheba to, to Luz. And we get to verse number 11. And he lighted... He just happenstanced upon a certain place. He wasn't going there on purpose. He ends up there after a long day's journey, evidently, and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows. He didn't have my pillow of Mike Lindell. And lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, how many dream dreams around here? I, I dream some very lucid dreams nowadays, very livid dreams, or very uh, lively dreams, I guess, as recent days, recent months and years. I don't know what's changing, but I dream a lot. And he dreamed, 
And beheld a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. Behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land wherein thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. I want you to notice the first of ten reasons that you need Bethel, the house of God in your life. Number one, it's the place where you can meet the Lord. Jacob, if we go back to the preceding chapters and uh, preceding verses, actually, of chapter 28, verse number 7, just glance at it with me. He bade his father, Isaac, that is, and his mother, Rachel, that is, and, uh, or excuse me, uh, Rebecca, excuse me, and was gone to Paden Aram. Daddy said, get out of town and go to your uncle Laban's house and find a wife there, Not a, don't find a wife of the Canaanites. He obeyed his mother and father. And uh, thank God, uh, now my parents didn't go to church when I was a kid, of course, and uh, so I, uh, but my mom did tell me to go to vacation Bible school as a little boy, and I obeyed my mom and dad as an eight-year-old boy or so. They're, they're about seven, eight, nine years old when I first started to go to church. But I want you to notice that Jacob met the Lord at Bethel, at the house of God. The first place I ever was introduced to the Lord was at the house of God. Most everybody here in this room would dare say maybe you met the, uh, the Lord in, in your house with your parents. I don't know. Maybe you met the Lord at the house of God in the church of the living God. But Jacob, I want you to notice that he went to, to Bethel because he was obeying his parents. But then he, he, he got there because he was running from his brother. He was in trouble. In fact, his brother in chapter 41 or chapter 27, excuse me, verse number 41 just glance at it with me, please. The Bible says, And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. Jacob, many of you know the story, stole his brother Esau's blessing, the inheritance of the firstborn. And verse number 20, 42, And Esau, let me paraphrase, desired in his heart, he said, After daddy dies, and I'm paraphrasing, he says, I'm going to kill my brother. And so I want you to notice that Jacob ended up at Bethel, for two reasons. He, number one, he obeyed his mommy and daddy. Number two, he was in a heap of trouble. He, his brother was trying to kill him, and he was trying, getting out of Dodge or getting out of Beersheba, getting out of town as fast as he could. And isn't it amazing that we come to the house of God a number of years ago, I'm thinking of a certain somebody that I'll leave forever and leave unnamed, but I can see him in my mind's eye. They came in late to the service. They sat in the back row and, uh, and on this side over here, and then I was shocked to see him in the service. They hadn't been in service a long time, and and uh, their invitation was given, and they came forward, and I can see them kneeling right here. It happened to be a man, I'll tell you that much. And uh, I found out later why he came to the house of God. He had a terrible tragedy in his life. He was in a heap of trouble. And he came to the house of God after years of not being in the house of God. He came because he was in trouble. Jacob ended up at Bethel at the house of God because he was in trouble. You know, a lot of times people think that, you know, we come to church because we're so wonderful, so, so we're so saintly, we're so godly, we're so, no, we come to church many times because we, we're, we're, we're sinners saved by grace, we're, we, we need help, we, we're in trouble. And so I want you to know that this is the place that he met the Lord. Uh, in this application, he obeyed his parents, he was running from the Lord. I want you to notice he wasn't looking for the Lord, however. The Lord was looking for him. The Bible says no man seeketh after God. God was seeking, looking for for, for Jacob, of course. And so his life when he went to Bethel was in a mess. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but how many of you had your life was in a mess before you started looking for God or you started getting the house of God and your hands are going up, and of course, and uh, we're prone to wander, the song says. 
Come thou font of come thou font of every blessing to my heart to sing thy grace. And then it says, uh, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. And so uh, the first reason we come to the house of God is the place where we can meet the Lord. We're not looking for him, but he's looking for us. Then secondly, I want you to notice verse 13 to 15 of our text, the latter part of verse number 13. The Bible says, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob now. He says, the land wherein thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. I want you to give you four things from verses 13, 14, and 15. It's the place, you say, what's Bethel? It's the place where you receive blessings. It's the place where God gives earthly blessings. You know, sometimes, let me run this rabbit trail quickly. Peter thought he gave up a lot. He gave up the, you know, the Galilean fishing uh, uh, tour and he gave up the great uh, fishing company that he was the owner of, evidently, the president and the CEO. And he said, in Mark chapter 10 and verse 28, he said, Lord, we left all to follow thee. Sometimes we get the attitude that when we come to church and we sacrifice and we, we sacrifice and we start to live for God, that we're giving up so much to follow the Lord. And the Lord said to Peter, hey, Pete, this Marty shot slang. Hey, no man left father or mother or houses or sisters or brethren or houses or and that shall not receive a hundredfold in this life, in the life to come, eternal life. It pays to serve God. It pays to come to church. Blessed is the person that comes to the house of God, of course. There's, there's earthly blessings. But then verse number 14, there's shared blessings. Not only was he blessed, but God says, we're going to be blessed, I should say. But verse 14, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north. And to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Do you understand that you're living a life? You're coming to the house of God, that other people are looking at you, and you're going to have some posterity if you're married and you have children, what have you, and maybe grandchildren, or somebody's looking at you, somebody's following you. And Jacob went to the house of God inadvertently. He wasn't looking for God, but God was looking for him. He went to the house of God, and good things started to happen. He was blessed. And not only was he blessed, but his inheritance was blessed. And one of my prayers is, I mean, I hope I'm out of here. I hope the rapture happens in the next, next, uh, next week would be nice. Wouldn't that be nice? Amen. And uh, I, I hope I go by way of rapture, not by way of rupture. But I might go by way of rupture, of course. And uh, I may have to go through the valley, river, or, uh, the valley of the shadow of death, of course, and go through that valley. And you may too as well. But I'm hoping for the, uh, to hear, hear uh, come up hither and hear the Lord's voice speak. But one way or another, there's going to be a posterity. There's going to be people that follow behind me and be followed behind you. And Jacob, when he went to the house of God, he received blessings personally. He received blessings corporately, shared blessings. And, and then not only shared blessings, but verse 15, notice it with me. Uh, and behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places where thou goest and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee. Jesus said in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God's with his people. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's enjoyed protection when you come to the house of God. Um, some, some, some things, Pastor Scott now knows this. There's certain uh, illustrations that I give. I always give them cloaked and veiled because I can't give them bluntly. I can't identify names to protect the, not the innocent, but the many times the guilty. But I think of uh, at least one funeral that I had. I've alluded to it numbers of times, and I will never tell you who. I can't. 
There's family members, there's still relatives and people that know this person within our community. And I think of a funeral that I conducted for a very large funeral. I conducted for somebody that if they would have been in the house of God, they'd be here today probably. But they were out of the house of God and they were, they were under the umbrella of protection. They were in a car and when they shouldn't have been in a car on Saturday morning or Sunday morning instead of being in the house of God and Sunday morning and they ended up in a tragic automobile accident and as they say the rest is history, they're in their, they're in their eternity. And uh, there's enjoyed protection for those that come to the blessings, to come to the house of God. There's shared blessings, there's earthly blessings. But then, the last part of verse number 15, as I have done that, will I have spoken to thee of, the Lord said, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless your heritage, your posterity, I'm going to bless for, and, and then he's going to summarize saying, these shall all the nations of the world be blessed. We are blessed today because Jacob met God at Bethel 3,500 years ago. And all God's people said, amen. And thank God, God for that. And so, so we see this, uh, it's 3, 000, try about 3,800 years ago, I think it was. And so we see this, it's a place where you receive blessings to come and blessings in eternity. It's a place uh, where we meet the Lord. Then thirdly, let me give you the point, look at verse 16 and 17. It's a place, why do you need Bethel? Why do you need the house of God in your life? Well, number three, it's a place where you realize his presence and his person. His presence and his person. Look at verse number 16. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, like a lot of people do in church. He waked out of his sleep. preacher. I understand. I, I never get offended when people sleep on me. I figure I'm at least half the problem, of course, and, uh, or half the blessing, whatever, however you want to look at it. But he woke out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord... Is in this place. Now notice what he says, and he puts it in Dendemon, and I knew it not. You know, some people can be in the house of God and in the service of God, and they don't even realize that the Lord's there. And then other people get in tune with God, they hear the voice, still small voice of God, and they say, Lord's in this place. And I want you to know that it's a place where you feel, feel there's a subjective and objective reality and then subjective truth as well, or subjective. Uh, based on feelings where, the, where we feel his presence. We sing the song, Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. There's been times, many times, I've come to the house of God as a parishioner and sometimes as a preacher. And I haven't felt, uh, you know, I got there and I didn't feel that the presence of God was in this place. And then as the preaching of the word of God went forth, as the singing went forth, uh, God's Holy Spirit touched my heart and I felt his presence and I knew that he was here, and God started speaking in my heart, not just, just a man speaking to or a woman singing or someone uh, entertaining us, but I felt the presence of the Lord. Jacob went to bed. Maybe he was all by himself that night. Maybe he had, his, he had some servants with him, no doubt, but they were all sleeping, and, and he just thought it was just us and, and us humans and nobody else, but he felt the presence of the Lord. Uh, it's, it's a place, the house of God, where you feel his presence and his person. Not only the place where you feel his presence, but the place where you realize his person. Look at verse 17. It says, and he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? How awesome is this place? How holy is this place? This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. He felt the, he realized his person. 
I have to be careful here. I love pastors and I love preachers that can entertain and tell a good joke. I can't. I never have been able to tell a good joke. My, good, my best jokes are all by accident, of course. I mean, they're never on purpose, of course. And, and I like great storytellers, and I can't tell a great story. Uh, and uh, I'm not the greatest uh, expositor by any means. I'm not the greatest orator by any means. But uh, uh, I can realize that his person is his... his his presence, the Lord's presence is in this place. And I can realize that and I can feel that presence of the, of the Lord in his person. And he's a holy God. Holy, holy, holy is Lord God Almighty. The Lord, whole earth is full of his glory. I think God can smile. I think he has a good time. I think uh, heaven's going to be a wonderful place. It's going to be way better, a thousand times better than Disney World. I promise you that much. And it's going to be a great place. And, uh, but God is... Not just happy, 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 but he's holy, holy, holy. And I want you to notice when we come to the house of God, I want to come to a place that's dreadful to use that King James English. Awesome, holy, a place where God meets with his people. And so it's a place uh, to realize his presence in his person. Then fourthly, look at verse number 18. And Jacob rose up early. Now, I can't say you guys rose up all that early. You're the 1030 crowd, but the, the handful of people that came to the 815 crowd, they rose up early this morning. <laughs> and they, they rose up early to get to the house of God. He, rose, he woke out of that dream, evidently. The Bible says he rose up early, and notice what he did. He rose up early in the morning and took the stones that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. Let me give you the point, and then we'll expound. It, back, coming back to the house of God is the place where you begin to learn to worship. He rose up early. The first thing he did is he began to, he rose up early in the first moments that he met God and he said, I need to worship the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 16 too, let me not be harsh. I'm not a hard guy. I'm a real soft. I'm a lovey-dovey, peachy, creamy, easy-peasy guy type of guy. And, uh, uh, I don't want to hurt, hurt, hurt anybody, but some of you need to get a backbone and say in your heart and mind, and uh, I'm going to make the first day of the week, 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. Upon the first day of the week, there, I just yelled at you. Let every one of you lay aside in store as God has prospered, and there will be no gathering until you come. And last time I checked, the first day of the week is Sunday, the Lord's Day. In Revelation 10, 1, 10, it says, it's on the, I, was on the spirit, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. He rose up early in the morning. He acted promptly, I want you to know, and he began to serve God. Some of you need to say, I'm going to be in the house of God every single Sunday morning uh, unless I go to Litchfield Woods. Pardon me, Peggy, I just caught your eyes. And uh, Unless I'm in the hospital somewhere or in a nursing home somewhere or I'm sick in bed or I'm going to be in God's house. Uh, I'll brag and boast and take my reward right now. I was in church three weeks ago and two weeks ago, one church in Nevada, another church in North Carolina, and it was the first day of the week, and we were on vacation, but vacation doesn't mean I vacate from God. Uh, we were in the house of God, and so uh, you begin to learn to worship. He rose up promptly. He rose up early. And then he says he took stones, and he poured oil upon it. And I want you to notice he acted purposefully and sacrificially. Remember when the, the, the woman came and washed the feet of the Lord Jesus, poured oil over the alabaster box of Precious ointment over his feet and washed his, his feet with her hair. Judas led the charge. What waste is this? Worship requires and involves sacrifice. That oil wasn't cheap that, that Jacob used. 
In 2 Samuel 24 and verse 24, when David went to offer a sacrifice to stay the plague, some of you know the story, Aruna's threshing floor. Aruna said, I'll just give you the threshing floor. You can have it. And David said, no, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which does cost me nothing. Worship involves sacrifice. And we go to verse number 22 of our text here in chapter 28. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall, shall be God's house. And all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth, that's the tithe unto thee. Uh, again, I have to be careful here. I'll be at a funeral on Wednesday. I was at a funeral yesterday. It was a Roman Catholic funeral. Okay, I'll tattle. It was in Simsbury. I was in a Catholic church. And uh, the building costs a little bit more money than our building costs. I promise you that much. I'm being just a little facetious here. In fact, maybe 10, 20, 30 times more in our building. I noticed nothing without a place there. It was beautiful, ornate, and so forth. That cost some sacrifice is what it cost. God's work, you never can sacrifice too much for the Lord. It's part of worship. We see that, that, that Jacob began to learn how to worship. And by the way, the tithe... Some, miss, some so-called grace churches, and I use that word with quotation marks, and there's, there's good churches that don't believe, or there's at least churches that don't believe in tithing. They say it's Old Testament, it's law, Mosaic law. This was written over 300 years before Moses ever came along, my friends. We see the principle of the first fruit in Proverbs. We see the principle of the first fruit all the way through the Bible. The tithe is the Lord's. The first fruit belongs to God. It's part of worship. Jo- J- Jacob took that expensive oil and he poured it over those what a waste over those stones. But it wasn't a waste because it was uh, the house of God. And so I want you to notice, the, getting back to Bethel, is the place where we begin to learn to worship. Then, fifthly, let's go to chapter 35. Before, before we go to 35, go to 31 if we could. i got to encapsulate. We can go from 28 to 31 in about six minutes of reading, I suppose. We know that at least 20 years has transpired from chapter 28 to 31, and about 30 years has transpired from chapter 28 to 35. So we can read in 15, 20 minutes, what have you. This is a period of 20 or 30 years. So I want you to see, before I get to chapter 35, I want you to just glance at it. It's not on the worksheet. It's not on the, the, the screen, rather. But chapter 31, verse number 3, notice what it says. And the Lord said unto Jacob, Return, he's in pain in Aram. He's, uh, he's up uh, with serving with Laban for the last 20 plus years. Return unto the land of thy fathers, thy kindred, and I will be with thee. And he says, and he tells me, I want you to get back to Bethel. 20 years have transpired. Now we go another 10 years, and a lot of things happen in 10 years. Boy, a lot of things happen in, in uh, 10, 10 months in America, 10 weeks in America, 10 days in America for that matter. And uh, some, some kids, some things. A lot of things can happen in 10 hours in, in your life for sure, in 10 minutes for that matter. I got to call at about 5.59, 4.59 p.m. Uh, Sonny came into service and said, Mrs. Bennett just passed away. And uh, 15, year, 15 uh, minutes earlier, I heard that Sean's grandmother, of course, passed away. And so within 15 minutes, I heard two, two uh, amazing sound bites. Of course, life can change in a moment's notice, of course. And I want you to notice here we see in chapter 35, 30 years have now passed, and we get to verse number 1, and notice what it says. And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go, on, go up to Bethel. 
I told you that 20 years ago or 10 years ago. I told you that you, you met me there. Remember 30 years earlier? And notice what he said, and dwell there. I have those three words underlined in my Bible. Get back, go back to Bethel and dwell there. And make thee an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau. Remember when you were in trouble with your brother? Remember when you were running from your life and you, you met me at Luz? Why don't you get back there? So number five on the worksheet, I guess. It's the place where you run to, Bethel, that is, the house of God, is the place where you run to when in trouble. God speaks to Jacob again. You know, I've already quoted the song, Come Thou Fount. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Isn't it amazing that we normally tend to get back to the house of God? I only can speak for myself when I say this, I'm not trying to impugn anybody. We get back to the house of God when we get into trouble again. And Jacob realized he was in trouble, and he's, he's running from, so this time he's running from Laban in the previous chapter, in the previous two chapters. He's running from the men of Shechem. His two sons, Simeon and Levi, have just killed, mass murdered uh, over the, the so-called fornication or rape of their, what they perceived rape of their daughter Dinah, or their sister Dinah, rather. Some of you know the story. And brothers commit mass murder. And they've been guilty of rape and so forth. This family, this blessed family of Jacob. And God says to Jacob, I want you to get back to Bethel. We run to God in our time of trouble. Then verse number two of chapter 35. Look what it says. It says, then Jacob said unto his household and all that were with him, put away. Let me give you the point and we'll look at the subpoints here. Getting back to the house of God is the place where we come to get a new start. Thank God for a new start. Thank God for new weeks. This is Sunday, the first day of the week. New start, a new, 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 new beginning. Uh, his mercies are new every morning. We get a new start every morning. Uh, we get a new start. And uh, he's going back to Bethel. They've accumulated a lot of things. He said to his family now and his, his, his uh, servants, no doubt he had a couple of hundreds for sure, as we read later on in the, the chapter, in the next chapters. He said, put away the strange gods. They collected a lot of gods. Remember, Rachel, his wife, his good wife, or the, the, the four, so to speak, or the two wives and two concubines or four wives. She stole her daddy's idols, teraphims they were called in the Bible. And she, Laban didn't, rather, rather, um, Jacob didn't know it. So he says, put away your strange gods. We're going to the house of God. I ask you a question. What would you have to put away in your house if you knew Jesus was coming to your front door? What would you have to put away? What would you want to hide underneath the cow or underneath the, in the closet as if he wouldn't know? He said, put away. And then he said, notice this. He says, the threefold outline right in verse number two. Put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean. The house of God is the place to put away. In just a few minutes from right now, we're going to have an altar call, and we're going to invite folks to come to an altar in a time to, to put away some things in your life and to clean some things in your life. The Bible says there's the washing of water by the word. Right now, you're getting a bath. You're getting a spiritual bath, and you don't even know it. God's word is a cleansing agent, and wherewithal shall man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Some of you are drinking this in and taking the word of God this morning, and God's well, the Holy Spirit is subliminally speaking through your heart as this preacher is preaching, preaching words He's in different ways. The Spirit of God is working in your heart to clean up your act, clean up your life, clean up your family life, clean up, clean up 
what have you. Well, God's Spirit can do an infinitely better job than I can do in pinpointing your exact uh, need to hear this morning. But we come to the house of God to get a new start, put away. It's a place to put away, it's a place to, clean, to be clean. And then verse number two for the third time, the last part of the verse, and change your garments. It's a place to change your garments. St. Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. I use Pastor Rich for just a moment here. I got a picture. It's in my desk, in my center desk, as a matter of fact, of Pastor Rich Shavatsky. And I always wanted to put him down. This is, this is guy stuff here, ladies. You can't, you're not allowed. The men's bathroom downstairs has some guy pictures, I call it. Men pictures. We got Gary Biker there. We got uh, Bernie Carbo there. It was all men pictures. I wanted to put down Pastor Rich's picture down there, and I still may do it one of these days. Picture before he was saved when he's a rock, rock, a drummer in a rock band. He has no shirt on. He's got long hair down to here. He's banging away at the drums. That was Rich Shavosky before he got gloriously saved. But God, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new again. I, I've been, been making fun of these suits and ties for years now, three or four years for sure, at least. You know, I'm so sick and tired of these things, I, I totally admit it, but I, I wear it because I'm the preacher man. And uh, I envy you guys that don't have to wear a suit and tie, and some of you do wear a suit and tie, but it's a, I'm not just talking about physically outward appearance of cleaning up and, and putting on new garments, but I'm talking about putting on garments that are pleasing to the Lord in the way that we walk and we talk and we act and we... We live among, amongst our other people, uh, amongst the world, and we get that from understanding we're in the house of God. We're part of the house of God. There's a changing of garments. There's a cleaning up. It's a place to get clean. It's a place to put away. Then verse number three. Let me give you the point, number seven on the worksheet. The, the house of God is a place of renewed fellowship. Renewed fellowship. I want you to notice verse three. And let us arise. Notice he said, let us arise. He didn't have to say that in... Back in chapter 28, he went to Bethel all by himself. It's good to go to church even if you go all by yourself, but it's better to go to church with somebody. It's better to bring somebody with you. It's better to encourage others to come. There's a place of fellowship. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. We sang earlier, I guess in Sunday school this morning here, but the fellowship of the house of God, how sweet, how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I was down and I, I was in uh, North Carolina a couple of weeks ago, of course, and I had back-to-back Monday and Tuesday, we had lunches with preachers. Never met either of the preachers before. Well, I guess I met the one the day before. Brother Jim Soden is his name. He's been pastor and he's a retired pastor at 76 years of age. He's been pastor for almost 50 years in Georgia. And then had a dinner and lunch with a, a brother, a free will Baptist preacher with a church about eight times larger than our building and 280 in their Christian day school and so forth. And we had dinner with him, of course. I never met these brethren before, but we had a sweet fellowship because we were all in the body of Christ. We're in the, there we know the Lord Jesus Christ is our Savior and there's a, we had the same Savior, the same Father. There's a, there's a sweetness, there's a fellowship that, that we have that we don't experience even with our, our so-called blood relatives many times that are outside of Christ. And so this place of renewed fellowship, there's two things about it. It's a place of renewed, uh, place of real peace. The peace in the midst of the storm. Um, let me just say this quickly. Sometimes the preacher needs to stir up, to agitate, to make you uncomfortable. And to preach the word, uh, rebuke, with all long-suffering doctrine. But there's other times where we come to the house of God and we're, 
went to come by the still rivers, Psalm 23, by the rivers of water, a place of peace. There's peace in the midst of the storm. It's a place of real peace. Uh, Jacob's life was in turmoil, but he's going to meet the Lord again, and he's going to put away things, and it's going to be a place of real peace and a place of renewed presence, a revered presence. It's an awesome place. We already looked at that verse here. And, uh, and uh, verse number verse number three again, it says, uh, And let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make thee an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. And so we see his place of renewed presence. Number seven, number eight, excuse me. Getting back to Bethel is the place, why should you get back to Bethel? Why should you get back to the house of God? It's a place to receive help for, for your family. I have to be careful here, and I, I'm trying to cloak this right verbiage. I'm glad that you're, many of you are concerned about your kids getting a, a proper education. Sometimes we think that a proper education has to be from a private school, maybe, maybe not. It has to be from an elite school, maybe an Ivy League school or what have you. We have parents, and I'm careful here, spend $100,000, $250,000, $250,000 over the course of four years to put their kids in a, in a sacrifice for years, 20 years in advance to put their kids in a great school. Far more important than putting your kids in a great school is getting your kids in a great church that serves the Lord. And you'll be much more happier, much more, uh, much more blessings. The best thing you can ever do for your child is to raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and serve, let them serve God. Then number nine, chapter 35, verse number five. Let me give you the point and then I'll give you the verse. It's a place where you receive strength and divine protection. There's a protection, there's an umbrella of protection for those people that serve the Lord. Many verses could buttress this truth, but look what it says in verse number five. And they journeyed, this is, Abraham, this is Jacob and his, his entourage, his family, his servants, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them. They were in enemy territory. And they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. There's protection there's the absolute power of being on the right side. If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spread out his own son, but delivered over for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? God's able to protect those that will follow him that are under his umbrella of protection. And the fear of God, the Bible says, when man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. There's this place of strength and protection. But then number 10, don't turn me off. I'm almost done. Verses 6 and 7, let me read the verses and then I'll give you the point. So Jacob came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan. You see, the people of the land still knew it as Luz, but Jacob knew it as Bethel. You know, to many people in the last hour and five minutes now, Maybe a thousand cars have passed our church, thereabouts. And to many people, this is just uh, it's a church building. To others, it is the house of God. Amen. To others, it's just a place where some people, kooky people, meet. To us, it's a place where we meet with God. Amen. You see, 
It's a place, verse number, let me finish the verse here. Verse number seven, or verse number six here. The land of Canaan, that is Bethel. He and all, the first time he went, he went alone. The second time he went with all the people that were with him. Bring somebody to the house of God with you. And he built there an altar. And he called the place, notice, El Bethel. Beth, house, El, Elohim, God, the house of God. Bethel is the house of God. El Bethel is the God of the house of God. Because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. Number 10, why do you need the house of God in your life? It's the place for you, for you to fall in love with the God of the house of God. I'll use A.B. Simpson's poem and summarize and be done here in just a few moments, a couple subpoints. Once it was the blessing, now it is the Lord. Once it was the feeling, now it is his word. Once uh, his gifts I wanted, now the giver own. Once I sought for healing, now himself alone. You see, when I went to church, I was like Jacob. I wasn't looking for God. I was looking for fun. I was looking for sports. I was looking for activities. I was looking for teenage boys, looking for girls. I wasn't looking for God, but God was looking for me. I went to church because it made me feel good. I wanted to hear some entertainment. Nothing wrong with that, but not the pure reason to go. His word, I hardly knew it. I wanted what I could get out of church. We're all kind of like that, aren't we? And we get a lot of blessings out of church. But now the giver own. I wanted to go. Some people go to church for healing. Now himself alone. Two things, and we're not going to read for time's sake. We're not going to read the succeeding verses. Let me give you A and B and summarize what we've done. This place, El Bethel, the house, the God of the house of God, it's the place where God speaks to you. Job said, the Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What if all the blessings of living in America and living in Connecticut are basically done? Maybe we're not going to return to the so-called normal ever again. Uh, maybe, maybe this is as good as it's, going to, it's ever been, and it's not going to get any better. I still want to serve God. I still want to be in church. It's a place, verse 16, we're summarized for letter B. After you go to Bethel, that you begin to be fed and accept his will. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. My will would be for America to open up again. My will for America would be that we'd have freedom again. My will for, God, for America is that we might be a nation that's feared by nations around the world and not mocked at again. There's a lot of things that I wish should be my will, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And so let me summarize and illustrate, and we'll be done here in just about, give me 90 seconds. We meet the Lord at Bethel, the house of God. It's where I received my salvation. It's where I received... Lord Jesus Christ is my Savior. It's where I surrendered to his service, where I was separated by baptism, where I met my wife, where I was married to my wife, where my children were, were dedicated and where my children were raised, where I was called to preach, where one day, if God tarries in his coming, where I'll be buried, where I'll have a service, I go home, I'll leave for Ohio tomorrow night late 
and uh, drive to Pennsylvania, stayed in overnight at a friend's house as a plan, and then Tuesday, drive in for the evening, calling hours in, in Huntsburg, Ohio, at the Huntsburg Baptist Church, and then on Wednesday morning, Betty Bennett will be laid to rest at 86 years of age, having graduated to be with her Savior uh, last a week ago today. And uh, she lived her whole life in church, uh, son of, or rather, uh, the wife of a deacon for 40-some years, her first husband, and he died of cancer, and she married Pastor Bennett for the last 22 years, married to a preacher, and uh, she's now graduated with her Savior. Betty, not the richest lady in the world by any stretch of the imagination, but she's, uh, she's a child of the king, and she's with the king right now, and she has no regrets for being in the house of God. You need Bethel in your life. It's the best place you can have in your life to meet God, to love God, to live for God, to have the blessings of God, to have your family be blessed, and to go on to serve God for all the days of your life. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I think most people within the sound of this voice already love your house, love the local church, you speak about some 100, 115 times the word is found in our New Testament. Almost 100 times it's found in direct context to a local New Testament church like Harvest Baptist Church. Lord, we're far from perfect. In fact, we're very flawed. But Lord, it's a place where we meet you. It's a place where you speak to our hearts. It's a place where we understand we need to cleanse ourselves, clean up our act, get back to the things of God, back to service where we sacrifice and sacrifice gladly and willingly and worshipfully. And Lord, where you, we, we believe that you receive all the honor and you all, all the glory. I pray you bless in our moments of invitation this morning. Have your will and way in our hearts and lives, we pray. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. 155 in the hymn book. If you take your hymn books, please. And turn to one.